and the rest of you can turn to Acts chapter 16. We're going to be visiting a certain portion of Scripture that we've been at before in this series. We're going to look at it a little differently today. And this is the last message on uh, this series that we've been going through through the summer. Um, how God gives us those divine appointments and how we need to act upon those and what it looks like um, and how He leads us in those. And then a step further in that, to be discipled by Him and what that means. What does it mean to be a disciple of His? What does it mean to follow Him? And we've been looking at that these last uh, few Sundays as well. And this will be our last time looking at this. And then, um, obviously not next Sunday, but the following one on, on the 8th, I believe it is, uh, second Sunday in September, we're going to begin a series on the Bible. And basically, what is God's Word? How does it, how, you know, not just what's in it and all that, but what about God's Word that we need? What is it that we need from God's Word? Why is it something that the Christian needs in his life? And we're going to be looking at that somewhat basic, but getting more deep into that as we go through uh, the next few weeks of September. So we'll be looking at that in a couple of Sundays. Uh, I shared about uh, before about going on backpack trips to uh, South Sister. My first one that I took was uh, to the Middle Sister. Now, uh, Maddie has gone to college uh, the last couple weeks because uh, she had to train to be a resident assistant for her dorm, her dorm, for the dorm that she's in. And she's in charge of girls on one of the floors. At George Fox, when I was in college uh, many years ago, um, I was uh, a resident assistant as well in my, uh, on my senior year. And at George Fox, the training, of course, you had a lot of different sessions and stuff like that and talking about how to deal with conflict resolution and, and uh, how to counsel and, and stuff like that. And then as a group builder, and they always did this each year, and I don't know if they continue to do this or not. Um, I have to talk to Carolyn if she knows some friends, if they go through this or not uh, at all, but uh, it's called Walkabout. And what they did is they got all the resident assistants together of all the dorms and the floors, and they got in their groups, their dorm groups, basically. And they shipped us all out to Sisters, uh, Oregon. And they took us to a place down a, uh, some forest trail, heading on down uh, on the road. And they dumped us out into an area. And we had our backpacks all full of food. We rationed it all up and divided it among us all and, and in our dorm groups. And uh, they gave us a tarp. They gave us just the basic stuff. We had the sleeping bags and everything else. And they, basically the first day, they said, and it's a week-long thing, Monday through Friday event. They, they dumped us out there, and they said, you guys figure things out, what you need to, to eat and, and, and all that, and how to set up camp, and then uh, stay over the night. Next day, you're going to hike on in, and you're going to meet us at this spot. And they pointed on a map. And they gave us a compass, of course, and they gave us the map. And they said, we're going to be right here, and you guys got to figure out how to get there. And we'll expect you to be there at a certain time tomorrow. And we're like, okay. <laughs> but it wasn't like they didn't prepare us for these things. They talked about it and what was going to be going on. So we got out there, and, and, and when they uh, gave us what we needed to have and instructions, then they drove off. And they were heading to the spot where we were going to end up the next day. So we got out there, and uh, we, we, it was a lot of... A lot of Team building, definitely. Uh, figuring out the food and figuring out who's going to set up camp and, and how, not who, but how we're going to be doing those things and, and all that. 
And then the, the, the trek the next day was cross-country. It wasn't trails. Cross-country through the brush and everything else and trying to meet up to a trail that did lead off to the direction there. Woo. Along the way, we did hit bees and stuff like that, and we scattered, and we had, you know, we're in a line, and third or fourth person in that line got the worst of it as far as uh, stepping on any bee uh, nests and stuff like that. But finally got there in a beautiful meadow and all that, and waterfalls, and it was a beautiful place, so it was well worth it. But all those things, and hiking as a group was to build that team uh, uh, cohesiveness and gathering and, and uh, trusting one another. Uh, the One of the days then was to hike up and summit Middle Sister. And to get there, we got to the base of, of the mountain and then we set up camp again. And very uh, rustic, uh, a tarp over us about three feet above uh, the ground. And we just slept in there like that and huddled all together, big gigantic tarp. And uh, that was protection from wind, of course, from rain. And then the next day, we were going to summit and do that, middle sister. And I'd never done anything like this before. And this was really just crazy for me. I, I had no idea what to expect. But there was one guy who was with us, and he knew uh, all about that place. Uh, he knew where to go, how to hike. He had, done, um, he had done south, middle, and north in one day, doing that type of thing. Uh, he was just crazy good with that stuff. And so he knew all those things, and so he guided us through and led us up that mountain, Middle Sister. Now, those of you who have been to South Sister, and we've done the, uh, the summit before, there's some places to go, and you can find a trail and, and walk your way up, and almost all the way to the top. But Middle Sister is not quite like that. You have to find a trail, it kind of gets, and then it disappears, so you got to find your way around and connect again, and it disappears, and find, and, and so the trail isn't always all the way up there, and so this guy who helped us was very valuable. Uh, if it wasn't for him, we, you know, we'd just be wandering around, wondering if we made it to the top or not, so having a guide to get to the top of Middle Sister was very important. I've never been to the top of there since then, because <laughs> it was just, for me, I was thinking, I don't know, I'll never be able to get through there again, do that type of thing. So it was uh, an interesting event. We all got down safely, of course, and we made it all right. It was a great group building time uh, week long. And Carolyn, I don't know if they do that anymore. If you, They still do it. Oh, well, bless them. But anyway, it was a, a, a great time. I look back on it and smile, but during that week, not quite smiling during that time. But uh, middle sister, though, is hard to climb in that way and get that to the top of the summit. You have to have a guide. You have to know what you're doing. The same thing, too, is in our lives. You need to have someone who knows what's going on. You need to have someone who's been there before. If you've ever been hiking and you sometimes had the trail and then it kind of disappears among rocks or, or brush or whatever, it's good to be traveling with someone who knows the terrain well or at least knows the signs of the trail. As we also follow Jesus, it's good to have him leading us in this thing we call life. In this thing of discipleship, what does it mean to follow Christ? What are the ins and outs? I remember when I first became a Christian, it was so important for me to have someone in my life who would be able to tell me the ins and outs of what it meant to be a Christian. And Becky was that person for me in college. Uh, we were friends, and she helped me in a lot of different areas. I mean, I was, I was so green 
in, in, in not knowing a lot about Christianity at that time, we had a discussion about uh, abortion. And she was surprised when she heard from me that I didn't know where I stood on abortion. She looked at me, she goes, you're a Christian? You don't know what, where to stand on abortion? What do you, what do you, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm learning these things, okay? And all this stuff. I, so it is so good to have someone in your life to know the ins and outs of following Christ. And so uh, we need that guide. We need Jesus in our life who can direct us to the right path up this mountain of life. Now look with me in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to look in verses 6 through 10. And again, we've been here before, and you'll realize that once I start reading, if you haven't read it already. But we're going to look at this and see what we can gather out of this about being led by the Spirit in discipleship. So follow along with me in verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So now that Christ had, and well, in there, now that Christ had ascended there to, ascended to heaven, it was the job of the apostles, like Paul, to carry on the mission of making disciples of all nations, which is found in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. And so in this portion of Scripture of Acts 16, I want to pull out some, some points here that will help us uh, understand and see what it means to be led by the Spirit as we, uh, we continue as a disciple of Christ. Now, first of all, in verses 6 and 7, to be a disciple of Christ is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. To be a disciple of Christ is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Now, you think that would be pretty obvious, but practically in doing that, sometimes we drop the ball. We don't always follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Paul, he, he was traveling into unfamiliar territory here, and he fully relied on the Spirit of Jesus, who, who promised in Matthew 28, verse 20, to be with us always, for him to guide him. And this is the precursor of being led into those divine appointments that we follow Jesus and how he leads our day and what he has for us. You know, we heard last week from Rachel and uh, as she was uh, speaking, uh, there's some things there that uh, uh, we've learned as far as, you know, instead of going two-stepping out and doing those things, being able to stay at home and back in helping and talking to her, her friends, uh, entering into a conversation with her roommates, and guiding, God guiding in that situation. In order to follow the Holy Spirit's leading, we need to be sensitive to His leading. We need to be sensitive in that way. There are too many followers of Christ who are being distracted by the world. They just think there's social media that takes up a lot of our time, a screen time, if you will, on our phones, that we sometimes can't get away from it. Uh, we feel naked without our phones sometimes. I, we were on the Portland to Coast uh, trip, 
and I was driving the van of one, on one of the teams. We got finally to Seaside, and maybe it was a lack of sleep, whatever, but parked the van at the church, and there was a shuttle that would take us on over uh, two miles away from downtown Seaside. And uh, we parked there at the church and waiting for the shuttle to come. And if it pulled up, and it's like, oh, okay, let's go, and grabbed our stuff and went on over, got in the shuttle, and we were able to head on over from there. Halfway over to downtown Seaside, I'm doing this. I'm going, uh oh, where's my phone? What, what, what did I do with my phone? And I started to panic a little bit. <laughs> I go, oh no, did I leave it back at the church? And I thought and I thought through cloudy uh, sleep deprivation and I, I thought, um, I left it in the van. I thought, oh, I did leave it in the van and the van is locked. I don't have to have my phone, I'm okay. I don't need my phone. I had to say that a couple times, so I knew it. But sometimes, sometimes we panic, though. We don't have our phone, and we're going, oh, no, I left it at home. Let's go back, because we have to have our phone. We have to have that screen time. Social media is something, part of that, too, that can just distract us totally. Sports, that's another thing. And Jason, not great that you're doing this. Uh, uh, all right, it's fine. But uh, sometimes sports can distract us as well from being led by Christ. There's, there's also Hollywood and all that, every, you know, all that goes on there and everything else that we look to. And, 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 and then we don't tune into what God has for us. Bible reading, tuning into God. Prayer, tuning into God. Bible study, tuning into God. Worship, Tuning into God. There's so many times I'm I'm finding myself that I would I'd be tuned into um, my phone or tuned into uh, a movie or tuned into something else, and I look back on the day I'm thinking, wow, I, I think I think it kind of had an imbalance here for tuning into God and tuning into the world, and there the imbalance that needs to happen needs to go towards God and not towards the world. Uh, we, we, if we find ourselves in that situation, it should be a red flag. We should stop what we're doing, and we should realize we need to spend some time, some time with God, and make sure that we have that in balance. And uh, there are times where some, you know, it, it does this, but most of the time, more than not, it should be imbalanced towards our tuning into God. Bible reading, study, prayer, worship, those things helping us to know what God has for us. I mean, if you were ever a coach for a team, uh, maybe little kids, maybe a softball team from the church, um, there are times as a coach that you say something and you think that the team players, and, and I'm not speaking about softball, okay, don't go there, but uh, the team players hear blah, 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 and they don't, they don't follow what you say. And... As that happens, that gets kind of frustrating. You tell that this is what you need to be doing, and we need to have you here and do that and all this. And if you don't follow what's going on, then that team doesn't work very well. It's not successful if they don't listen to the coach. If we don't tune into God in this way, we then also, too, as Christians, have a hard time following what he has for us, especially if we're not listening to what God has for us. So, again... Be a disciple of Christ, 
is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And follow the Holy Spirit's leading, we need to be in tune. Regular Bible study, prayer time, Bible reading, worship, coming to church, worshiping God. That needs to be a regular event in our lives. And not something where it's, I have to, but I get to. I want to. And it's part of your life so that if it was not there, it would be weird. You'd be out of sync a bit. To be a disciple of Christ is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Also in verses 6 and 7, we see here that Paul put the Holy Spirit's agenda above his own. He put the Holy Spirit's agenda above his own. And Paul had a game plan. He knew he, he, he was planning on how he was going to reach the continent of Asia Minor for Christ. But when God said no, he didn't push his own agenda. He didn't say, well, let's try this and get in anyway. He set his sails to catch where the Spirit of God was already blowing, and he followed that heading. There are some times where we have our agenda. We know what we're going to be doing for the day. And in our daily schedule, we have things kind of planned out, but we should be tentatively planning those things out each day so that when the Holy Spirit directs us, we are able to set aside our agenda and follow His. We should be able to set aside our desire to follow our own agenda, and and we need to exchange what we think is best for what God has for us. I came from uh, this Portland to Coast thing. Brianna ran in it with uh, her team from North Clackamas Christian School, and and the church uh, the trustees graciously allowed us to use the van uh, since I was driving. <laughs> and I wasn't planning on driving until about 24 hours before that event. <laughs> I was planning to be a volunteer for another team, Zach's team. Zach had a, well, his team. He was on a team. Um, it was his mother-in-law's team, the Schweitz, uh, Amanda's mom. And uh, they had planned this out. And she, uh, um, Karen had already contacted me to be able to volunteer for their team. You have to have three volunteers in order to be part of this uh, Hood to Coast or Portland to Coast. And uh, so anyway, I was going to volunteer over on uh, uh, the Springwater Trail where it starts in Boring. And then I get this phone call from North Clackamas Christian School that we, we have not found another van or another vehicle. We really need one. It's like, okay. So I went to the trustees again. Would you reconsider if I drove? So I drove on this thing. And it, uh, I don't Mike, if you've driven or you, you just ran in, in your events or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just driving is pretty exhausting at times. You got to stay up through the whole thing, obviously. You could try to sleep; it doesn't work. Um, but this was my first time driving, and as I was going through all that, I was thinking I was supposed to be over on the Springwater Trail from 5:30 to 9:30, just four hours, do my thing, volunteer, be done, and go home. But I wound up driving for this Portland to Coast, and it's Portland to Coast for the high schooler uh, groups. And, uh, but it was fun. It was a great time. Uh, it was difficult. But I had to set aside my agenda uh, for that. As a result, we had the van at home yesterday, and we cleaned it up and got it all ready to go. And I told Becky, I'll just drive it on over this morning, and I'll just go ahead and, and, and be here. And then you don't leave without me from church because you're my ride. And uh, so anyway, I'm driving down here on, on William Otty, coming out to 129th, ready to turn left to go to the church. And I look over to the left of me, and I see this guy 
holding his dog, and he's got a little satchel bag, and he's looking at me like he knows me. I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, he does look kind of familiar. And then he just like got this big grin on his face. I looked at him again. It was Becky's cousin. And he was over here in this area. Uh, he, he's going through a lot of difficulties. Pray for him. But uh, here I am in the church, and, I'm, and, and I had 10 hours of sleep. Oh, it was great. 10 hours of sleep last night. Went to bed at 8, got up at 6, and I was ready to come on over here early to be ready and prepared and music and, and preaching. And I drive, and I get here, and, and here's, here's Becky's cousin. I'm going, Randy, what are you, what, you're here. He came over to the van. He started talking with me, and I said, get in the van. We'll take you over to the church. So I went over to the church. We wound up talking until about 8, 8.30 or so. Annie was driving up, and, and Ron drove up. And I'm thinking, i got to get inside the church and start picking out the music to be able to play for today. I haven't even looked at it. And uh, all those things were going on. And the thing is, is that I had my agenda. I knew what I was going to be doing. Get here at 7 o'clock, come into the church, open it up, turn out the lights, get everything moving and going and all that, get over to the piano, pick out the songs, run through the songs a little bit, be ready to go, and then go over to the uh, office, go through the sermon a bit, and, and get ready for the day, and be ready to make sure I'm, I'm ready to go as well. None of that happened. <laughs> None of that happened. And the thing is, is that had to be set aside. Two things. That had to be set aside for what God had for me today. I really wasn't supposed to be the pastor who was ready to go with the message. And I am ready to go, but refine it. I always like to go over it and be ready to go. The music, Annie was wondering who was at the piano, I'm sure, this morning during practice. I couldn't remember the beginning of one of the songs, and we've played it before so many times. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm not remembering it. I remembered it finally, but uh, all of that had to set aside so that I'd be able to have time with Randy and talk with him. He's really hurting. He really needed someone to listen to. Uh, he, he needed to speak to me, and I needed to listen to him, and uh, a lot of stuff. I had Becky be able to come on out, and, and that's why she's spending time with him right now. But that, as well as the other divine appointment about this, is I got called up to, to, to drive this Portland to Coast thing. I had the church van. I had to bring the church van at that certain time this morning at that corner, just the right time to find this guy standing on the corner, holding his dog, looking at me at this van coming up to the, to the intersection. The timing of God is impeccable. And he has a plan, and it's incredible. And when we set aside our agenda, when we set it, we got our plans. And it was a little distressing for me. I've got to tell you this morning. A little distressing for me this morning, thinking I'm going to be ready ahead of the game. I've got a lot of sleep, ready to go, and I just need to go over some things. And I wasn't able to. I had to let that go. And I had to spend time making sure that uh, I could be used by God in this situation. We need to set aside our agenda to embrace His. When that happens, God can use you in an incredible way. Now, again, plan out your day. That's fine. But hold it loosely because God might have another plan for you that day. He might have someone that might be on your doorstep and needs help. You might get that phone call from a distant relative that, that needs to talk for three hours on the phone. You need to set aside those, those, those other things, the expectations that you have, and be patient with uh, the whole situation, because God is going to use you in an incredible way if we are available. 
So it's really all about the practice in submission and obedience to God. Because we want our own way sometimes. We think we, can, we know what's best in situations, but God knows what's going on. He's got the whole picture. He knows where you need to be placed, when you need to be placed. We just need to be ready, be willing, be used by Him. Verses 8 and 9, we also see here that Paul never quit on his passion and mission to reach the unchurched. He never quit on that. Another guy who never quit was Thomas Edison. He never quit in inventing the light bulb. Many failures before finally perfecting it. And he's quoted as saying, I have not failed. I have found 10,000 ways that won't work. (laughs) As we meet up against something that might seem like failure, we can look at it as failure and be defeated, or we can look at it as going, okay, that's one one more thing that won't work, and I'm sure that this next thing will, will work out. Though God kept shutting doors in Paul's ministry, he didn't see it as failure or a reason to quit and go home to Jerusalem. Paul saw the Spirit's response of no as a helpful winnowing of the options to find the right path in the journey. It's not this way, so God has something else for us. Whenever you have been praying for God to answer something in your life, a prayer in your life that you've just been praying for, and he says, no, what do you do? Continue to stay at that door and continue knocking and say, i got to get in. This is the way. God has something else for you. There's another direction he wants you to go if it is no. And so Paul as well in that journey, he didn't see it as failure. He saw it as a way of that God is going to provide another way in another direction, and he's going to use us in an incredible way. Someone said, failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead-end street. So if you've hit against something that you feel like has been failure in your life, don't see it as as a a terminal thing, (laughs) but a rerouting. God is going to use you in another way, and you will be opened up to more opportunities, different opportunities than you've ever expected. Paul had planned to preach in Asia Minor, where he had been before, but the Spirit called him on to Greece, a totally different culture and new unreached people group there as well. And Spirit's plans for us are often bigger than our own. And because that's the case, wouldn't it be a wise thing to trust in His leading? Wouldn't it be wise, a wise thing to say, okay, God, you've got this, whatever it is. I don't understand it. This is what I was planning but evidently that's not what you have for me. I'm going to go your direction because that's the best way to go. We need to trust in God's leading in that. And then one last thing here in verses 10 and 11, if you didn't catch it, Luke's writing transformed Paul's missional work from a he to a we. Did you catch the, uh, the going on? You probably are aware of that area of Scripture, those of you read through the Bible a number of times and familiar with that. In verses 10 and 11, we see that famous transition from the third person, he and they, into a collective first person, we and us. And many scholars conclude that the author Luke finally joined Paul at this point. And maybe having Luke join the team was part of the Spirit's unusual direction. And Luke joined on with them. Maybe part of the Spirit's leading, having Luke join uh, Paul in Troas. And from then on, he was a part of uh, Paul's missional work there. 
He was not just hearing about it and cheering him on, but actually at his side, preaching the word with him. Now, when it comes to missionary work overseas and just down the streets, we might cheer, uh, cheer on our missionaries. We might cheer on your pastor and you go, go get them. You got this. Go. But it might also, too, be maybe like Luke, we need to turn uh, that around and turn the he into a we and be part of what God has in that situation. Do our part in that great commission. Probably too many times we stand by and let them do the work. Praise them for all that, that praise God for all that he's doing through them. Whereas God might want us to be part of that so that it can be a we grouping. Well, if we want to truly follow Jesus in our lives, we need to be listening for and open to the Holy Spirit's promptings. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, urges us to keep in step with the Spirit. In order to do that, you need to know what the, what the leader, how the leader is marching, and the cadence. And if you got earplugs in your ears, uh, it's not going to work out very well. If you've ever been in a marching band, I've never been in a marching band, but I've seen it. And they need to be together, and they need to be watching the leader in all this. They need to be following him, <laughs> otherwise it's going to be a disaster. We need to be in step with the Spirit, following Him where He goes, how He leads. Sometimes we have a plan for our lives, even good plans like Paul's agenda to preach to Asia, but God sometimes closes a door on those plans. Maybe some of you are very aware of that. In, in your lifetime, you, you had a dream to do whatever it was, and then God changed your direction, you, you went another way. And now you're following God in this situation in this leading. It happens. Maybe a ministry opportunity didn't work out. Maybe we didn't get the job we hoped for. Maybe the plans to move to another state fell through. Maybe we tried to share Christ with a friend who was unreceptive. But Paul shows us to persevere and keep seeking God's direction, using closed doors, not as stop signs, but arrow signs. Not here, but over there. Not over here, but over there. And following God's leading as he goes. You're not going to get anywhere unless you move forward. Keep on moving forward, keeping in step with the Spirit. And he'll lead you in the direction he needs you to go. Even if it is driving a church van down an intersection, finding a person there that you know that needs help. Who wouldn't thunk it? <laughs> God had it all planned out. God has it all planned out for you as well as far as where He needs you to be. And we need to be obedient, ready to go, be willing to be used by Him. And like I said, there's so many other distractions that can keep us from doing that. Set those aside so that you can hear from our guide, our leader, the one who wants us to have the best in our life. I'm going to have the band come on up. They're going to lead us in the last couple songs. As they do come up, let me ask you a few questions here to kind of conclude some things with this uh, series. Let me ask you, first of all, where do you think the Holy Spirit is blowing in our town? Where do you think the Holy Spirit wants us to follow as He is leading? Many times I've thought of uh, uh, the far distance re reaches of just across the street. <laughs> 
as we have homes being built, families that will be living in those homes, families that need Christ, families that might need a place of worship, families that that need a loving touch. We have the incredible blessing and opportunity to be used by God in our area. Where is the Holy Spirit blowing in that way? What doors is he closing and what doors is he opening up for us to go through? I believe as a church, we need to be sensitive to that. Our leadership, we're coming together, planning this calendar for the next 12 months. Where is the Spirit leading us in our activities and what we need to be doing? God has an incredible, incredible plan, not just for your life, but for this church as well. What does he want to do through us? What brand new ministry opportunities does God want us as a church or, or maybe you individually to embark on? What is it that he would have you do? But yeah, we can come together as a church and, and, and each of us do our own part, but what does he want you to do specifically on your own? Maybe reaching your community because our congregation isn't just from Happy Valley here. We're all over the place. Gresham. Portland, all over, and North Portland areas that we individually probably wouldn't get to because we don't go in those areas, or maybe we don't have, we just don't visit in those places. But in your neighborhood where you are at, God can use you. What is he speaking to you about and how he wants to use you in those areas? Let's allow, allow the, the Holy Spirit to transform the he into a we, so we work together, find our own gifts, talents for ministry, so that we can join in with the Spirit's work that He is already doing around the world and in our community. We can join in on that, be ready to be led by Him, and say yes. Like I said, it's all about obedience and following Him. We need to trust in Him for His leading. I'm going to pray and then we're going to Sing a few songs. If you need to come forward and, and pray in response to what you've heard and the Holy Spirit leading you, do so. I just trust that you respond in obedience to what God has for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. And thank you, Lord, also too, for an opportunity to hear from you, to be able to realize that to be led by you, we need to set aside some things to be able to hear from you. We also, too, need to say yes and be ready to go. And if, we, if it's a direction we're thinking we need to go and you, you close that down, we shouldn't think of that as some way of ending everything, but to continue on in another direction, following you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each person here today what you have for them. And Lord, that you would reveal to them what it is that, that they could be doing for their community, their neighborhood, their neighbors. A real point, Lord, is to win people to you. Let them know that there's a God that loves them. Not exactly really winning people to come to Happy Valley Evangelical Church. That would be great too. But what would be greater is have them come to know you as Savior. So I pray, Lord, that you'd use each one of us in that way, Lord, that we'd be able to be your mouthpiece that uh, we'd be willing to be used by you and trust in you and what you have for us each day. So, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us, continue to speak to our hearts, and that we would respond to you in obedience. Thank you, Lord.
your name we pray. Amen.